Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had on There Are No Girls on the Internet is with a writer who was targeted and harassed online about how she continues to stay safe while doing visible work on the Internet. Without missing a beat, she said, anybody worried about online harassment should sign up for Delete Me. I signed up for Delete Me right then and there, and I personally recommend it to anyone. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code NOGIRLS at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash NOGIRLS, code NOGIRLS. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. In the wake of the Astroworld tragedy, a music festival led and headlined by rapper Travis Scott that left 10 dead and hundreds more injured, TikTok exploded in conspiracy theories that the event was actually a satanic ritual where people were being intentionally sacrificed. After the tragedy, I was glued to my phone, watching increasingly horrifying firsthand accounts of young people who were there. And pretty quickly, these videos went from people sharing stories of overcrowding and too little staff with too little training and other man-made elements to disaster, to people saying they felt they had been hypnotized into a trance by the dark music, or speculating that there were clues hidden in plain sight 
that the festival was actually part of a satanic ritual. Because of the way TikTok functions, continuously surfacing new videos and users' For You page, I didn't even really have much control over the increasingly more extreme videos I was consuming. It raises a question. In the wake of a tragedy like Astroworld, what responsibility do platforms like TikTok have to not amplify content that pushes conspiracy theories? Now, satanic panic is nothing new. The moral panic where thousands of unsubstantiated allegations of satanic ritual abuse and sacrifice have been around since the 80s. But researcher Abby Richards says it never really went away. My name is Abby Richards, and I am a TikToker and a TikTok disinformation researcher. I've seen so many TikToks sort of claiming that this, what happened in Houston, was like a ritualistic sacrifice by Satanists. And, you know, I guess my first question is, what kind of imagery or iconography are people pointing to to support these outlandish claims? There was a bunch. I think a lot of it was like there was a portal on the stage. There was writing kind of on the stage within that portal that said, see you on the other side. Um, they were also pointing to uh, the cross-shaped stage, which just for, for reference is a pretty normal shape of a stage, as well as the shirt he was wearing and the slow rhythm of the music. When I was growing up, I was definitely like a goth teen, I guess you might say. And so I liked black clothing. I liked sort of, I guess, like demonic imagery and that kind of thing. And I grew up in the kind of household where my parents would be like, oh, this is satanic. Don't listen to this. Don't listen to that. And as an adult, I realized that occult imagery can sort of be just like a marketing thing. Like a lot of the bands that I like, I'm sure they chose the specific imagery that they did precisely because they knew it was associated with like the occult. And so now in light of this tragedy, I feel like people are looking for all these different like symbolisms and meanings. And it's like, well, it's not unusual for our certain like alternative artists to choose iconography that is associated with the occult as like their brand. And so you seeing a conspiracy theory on it it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy or like a feedback loop. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's very much become a part of different cultures. I mean, you've seen it in hip hop culture. And this is what we see at the show of adopting that kind of imagery because they've already been accused of it so much that it kind of starts to fold in on itself. There are definitely better people than me to speak about the history of hip hop. <laughs> not that I'm not that girl, but uh, it's certainly become a part of some of the marketing campaigns that they use. Yeah. So in terms of these videos and how they're taking off on TikTok, in your piece with Olivia Little for Media Matters, you talk about this unprecedented reach that we're seeing with conspiracy videos on TikTok about the festival. Can you tell me a little bit about how they're taking off on the platform? Conspiracy theory TikTok is so mind-bogglingly huge. It's really hard to articulate just how big it is. It's so popular and so easy to go down those wormholes because I think that like those videos can be really gripping. So they get high engagement. People love watching them and you can gain a lot of followers pushing them. People don't necessarily understand that they can be harmful. They don't necessarily understand that they can like be truly hateful in origin, but we see them all the time. So when we saw these like conspiracy theories essentially break out immediately after the World tragedy, it's not necessarily surprising because there's already such a strong kind of framework 
for that type of thinking on TikTok already. Do you think that TikTok should be doing more to curb these kinds of videos? Yes, they should be doing more to curb these types of videos. Like absolutely, without a doubt. Conspiracy theories at the moment in and of themselves are are not against the platform's moderation guidelines. But a lot of that time, a lot of the time that means that they can just kind of thrive completely unchecked. And there is no understanding of different kind of scales of harm that they can cause. In general, the app should be doing more to kind of add friction to those videos so that they don't go so viral so easily and just take over entire for you pages. Well, on the one hand, I can kind of understand why these videos are so compelling. I know that in the days after Astroworld, I really caught myself kind of stuck in a loop of watching these videos over and over and over again. And there really was something kind of compelling about them. They were so disturbing and so dark. And I noticed that initially I was being surfaced videos from people who were there who were just saying, this is what it was like. This is what we had to face. And eventually, as I continued scrolling on TikTok, the videos I was being surfaced were more and more extreme and becoming more and more laden with satanic conspiracy theories. But again, I can sort of see how people can be easily taken in and easily down a rabbit hole just watching video after video like that. Absolutely. I think, especially on TikTok, where it just feeds them to you, it's not like you made the choice to go click on those videos. It was just like, oh, you watched this video of a perspective from inside the crowd and how terrifying it is. Other people who watch that are also interested in this theory of it being a ritual and then it feeds it to you. And the other thing to point out is that conspiracy theories exactly like this are really common in the wake of tragedy and terrifying disasters, things like like when we try and process horrible, horrible events that are truly just like too much for our brain. Conspiracy theories offer very simple answers to these kind of complex problems and also offer some sort of like sense of meaning to it. Like it it was intentional. There's some sort of story behind it that your brain can connect the dots into. Oh my gosh. I think you really said it. You know, I can kind of understand why, oh, this was a satanic ritualistic sacrifice is somehow more comforting than it was good old-fashioned capitalism. And it just turned out that the organizers of this event cared more about making money than they did about safety concerns. And I guess if if it's Satanists, I feel like it's much less likely that I'm going to run into a cabal of Satanists than it is that I am going to like encounter shoddy craftsmanship from somebody who didn't care or like a system that didn't care enough about me and it hurt me. You know, I feel like that, like, it's more comforting to to believe the first one than it is to be like, oh, yeah, it's capitalism. We can't escape it. It's all around us. You know, it's somehow bleaker. It's definitely more reality is more grim in this situation. I also think that, you know, as everybody does, we all suffer from this sort of main character syndrome. And if the narrative in your head is it's an evil group that's out to get you then you are somehow involved and they are concerned with you and their actions are a reflection of somehow of how they want to go after you. You are still somehow involved in that. But when instead it's just, they literally didn't think about you. They're so concerned with making their own money that they never thought about your safety. You weren't a concern. You are just an object that produces money to them. That is so much worse for our brains to try and comprehend 
then like uh evil group is trying to get you. <laughs> like that's that's way harder. It's grimmer. It's way grimmer. It's grim and it's also just so lonely. It's so lonely to feel like your humanity is not recognized. Yeah. It's very it's inhuman. It's it really loses the humanity when you think about it in that framework versus if you just go with like evil villains and good guys who are in like this fight against evil. I feel like you get to kind of feel like your humanity is still relevant to them. Obviously, these, those kids' humanities didn't like was were not was not obvious to the organizers of this event. Like they were being treated like chattel. You know, it's like you know this idea that that their individual humanity and souls or whatever that like the organizers would be really into that is like no, they don't. I don't think they even clock you all as humans who they need to care about in that way. No, you're just numbers. And the higher the number, the more the revenue is. And they wanted to stream it. And yeah, the whole thing is so, so grim and just like so fucked up that I think people have an easier time adding a storyline to it because then at least there's some meaning behind it and it's not quite so fucked up. It's it's literally less fucked up if it were a demonic sacrifice. Let's take a quick break. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Y'all know I love the internet, but a sad truth about it is that it can be a scary place, especially for women, people of color, and trans folks. We've talked to people on this podcast, whistleblowers, activists, and advocates who are making technology safer, who then become targets for doing that work. But the truth is, it can happen to any of us online. That's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information you don't want online and makes sure it stays off. 
Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash nogirls code nogirls. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance Planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment. Whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay, they can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. And we're back. Something else I've I've learned from your work is this idea of conspiracy theories often are a way to talk about or a way to demonize people for their identities without actually like saying that. And so in this situation, I've noticed people saying like, oh, they're sacrificed by celebrity. And I can't help wondering if they're using celebrity as like a stand-in for, it sounds like anti-Semitic and racist to me. Like the way that, they, the way that they're talking about it, it almost seems like a more palatable way of coding explicit anti-Semitism or racism. Yeah, absolutely. When they like dog whistle at Hollywood, like, you know, Hollywood is controlled by evil elites who are using these celebrity clones. And of course, they only ever go after hip hop artists, generally black artists. And it's usually narratives about them being cloned, about them being somehow under control of some Illuminati shadow elite supreme force. And oftentimes, like, there's just so much coded racism and so much coded anti-Semitism in both of these. And and they just fold together into this awful combination of dog-whistled hate. Yes. And I think it's one of those things where they don't have to come out and say that they're talking about Jewish people or they're talking about, like, quote, like, rappers. We know what that's code for. It kind of makes it more palatable. And then when you call it out, they have a very convenient... You know, it's like, I never said, I never explicitly said that I was talking about Jewish people. I like, you know, I feel like the way it kind of gives them a plausible deniability to continue trafficking in this kind of hate without being called out. And if you call it out, it's like, oh, well, you're just trying to suppress my, you know, my truth. Oh, absolutely. And like, there are also parts of what they're saying that like, are rooted in reality and very real problems. And so then they can kind of hide under those as well. Like there are issues in Hollywood with like people having too much power. 
And those are often like old white men who are making decisions about like mass media. And like, that's an issue, right? And like, in general, do we do we idolize celebrities a bit too much? Like, probably, like, those are like real conversations for us to be having. There are real systemic issues to like be looking at here, but they often kind of hide under them or like, vaguely reference them in a coded enough way that it like to an onlooker might not look problematic and it like gives them kind of a blanket to hide under. Yeah, I've noticed that. And it's so frustrating because it makes it so hard to call out. It's like another reason why I appreciate the work of yourself and other folks who speak out against us on TikTok because they, I think that they make content that is specifically hard to call out. And so like, and takes a little bit of a of nuance to do it well. And so I so appreciate the work that you're doing in terms of saying like, well, let's actually unpack what's going on here. Thank you. I appreciate it. It, it takes a lot of time. So I genuinely appreciate it. You see it so much. Like there was one big debunk that I did a couple months ago, I think, but there was a viral video about ancient civilizations in Antarctica. And the end of that rabbit hole was like esoteric Nazi shit. And I had to do this like three minute explanation of like, okay, like, here's like, what is actually going on here on like the surface level, they're saying like, Antarctica, like maybe had humans on it before. But then you you look at like the actual language they're using, and they're saying like hyperborea, which is very much a part of kind of esoteric Nazi mythology. So what people engage with as if it's like just a normal fun conspiracy theory, like on TikTok is actually literally Nazi mythology. And I think that really helps us see how these conspiracy theories might seem harmless, but actually can be a pathway to much more dangerous and extremist lines of thinking. I can at least anecdotally say that like when I engage with one or two conspiracy theories on TikTok, then all of a sudden I'm fed more and they get more and more extreme. I think that like there's absolutely a link. Like we know that conspiracy theories almost always end in anti-Semitism and they they decrease kind of your trust towards other other groups of people who might not be like you. And they they decrease your pro-social behavior and they have kind of all these effects on society at large. But it does kind of also seem like they are changing the way we think, like where so many people have just like opted out of reality and are choosing kind of just like these escapist conspiracy theories to believe in rather than accepting that like right now reality is pretty tough. Yeah, it's it's so interesting how you put that. I do feel like an entire subsection of the world has just checked out of reality and is like it's like easier to live in a a conspiracy theory because like you said reality is pretty scary the fact that you know it's not really some satanist group it's just capitalism trying to get your money and that's what killed eight people that's pretty grim i can understand wanting to check out of that reality and instead believe something that is like weirdly more comforting you know yeah absolutely for some reason like for the human brain it is more comforting to believe that there's like a shadow elite trying to get you because at least that's a simple answer right that has a pretty simple fix if there were some like unimaginably powerful group in charge of the world like that would be kind of great because like they're clearly doing a bad job like let's get rid of them but no like there's a lot of systems 
that are like interwoven with each other and causing problems that we are like reliant on those systems and we're complicit in those systems. And like we all have to also change our own behaviors to like fix these huge problems. And they're going to take years to fix. There is no like on off switch for fixing these things. Like it's years and years of collective work. And that is so much more mental energy and like long-term physical energy than just being like, oh, it's just evil Jews in control of the world. Right. I guess I have one kind of tough question that I've been wrestling with is, is there a line between telling people who were at Astroworld that they can't recount their own understanding of their experience? Like, I'm sure you saw that, that video of the young woman who was like, I, when I bought this ticket, I didn't notice all the different, you know, iconography or hints that this was a sacrifice. And I believe that was there, like it was demonic, all the hypnotic noises. Is there a line between telling someone that they're allowed to have their own perspective of their experience and like allowing room for that, but also not spreading harmful, damaging conspiracy theories and trafficking in them? Like, is there a, is there a line where we can make space for both? Or what do, you, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that people are allowed to have their own experiences and they're allowed to kind of talk about those. The question is, do we amplify them? I don't think that we should ever tell somebody, no, you aren't allowed to think this. But the question is, do we then spread that to another 15 million people who weren't there and are just going to kind of take your word for it and also believe that? The power that something like TikTok has when it comes to virality and spreading a message is really kind of unprecedented. So we have to be having conversations and honestly tough questions about like what is doing the most harm versus the most good in this sort of situation. And it's like all of it is going to be shitty answers. Like I wish that there were ways that everybody can be happy and the whole thing is just like awful to think about in general. So yeah, it's a tough question. You're not wrong. More after a quick break. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments. 
that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment. Whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay, they can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get right back into it. Satanic ritualistic sacrifice were not the only kinds of unsubstantiated claims that we heard in the aftermath of Astroworld. Houston Police Chief Troy Finner initially said in a televised press conference that an unidentified attendee caused a panic by injecting a security guard with a needle full of an unknown drug, causing him to pass out. Finner said that the security guard was revived after he was given Narcon, a prescription to treat opioid overdose. And he also said that medics confirmed he had a needle mark on his neck. Now, as soon as I heard this, I thought it sounded kind of like the drug scare horror stories I'd heard during my adolescence growing up. And one rogue bad actor causing a panic that led to a deadly stampede is a pretty convenient explanation that kind of lets the organizers off the hook for their part in the deadly festival. But later, Binner walked back those statements, saying the security officer had not been injected with drugs after all, and instead had just been hit on the head. Conspiracy theories cast blame on boogeymen instead of on the actual real-world systems and individuals who are at fault. Kind of the flip side of that for me is that so many of the firsthand videos on TikTok are from people who were there. And in terms of like what we amplify and what we don't, I feel like some of the most compelling TikToks that challenge the organizers and the authorities, you know, like very convenient version of events. When the tragedy first happened, 
I was like, oh, the cops were saying that somebody was like stabbed with a, with a needle and that, that, that they caused a stampede. And I was like, that's a very convenient narrative. And then when you go to TikTok and see these firsthand videos of obvious overcrowding, like obvious, like, like dangerous conditions, part of me was like, I am glad that young people have access to platforms like TikTok where they can say, no, 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 authorities, here is what I experienced. And rather than amplifying conspiracy theories, I wish that we were seeing more, you know, more accounts that challenge the authorities and the organizers' very convenient narrative of what happened to to get accountability. And so I, I think it's interesting how it can be like a double-edged thing. It can be used to spread conspiracy or used to challenge official narratives that let people off the hook who, who had power to stop this. Oh, absolutely. It's one of my favorite things about TikTok is just like there's good and bad. And I think obviously just like my work of analyzing, you know, misinformation and disinformation on TikTok is oftentimes people look at that and then assume that I hate the app. And I really don't. Like there are really phenomenal things that it offers, like when it comes to like learning and like being exposed to different ideas than you might already have, like TikTok really is capable of doing that if you create that sort of feed in general. And if you are that type of person who goes looking for that. And it absolutely, I think even with Astral World, like there is both. There is the conspiracy theories and the ideas that it is a satanic ritual. And then there's also people who are looking at that and just seeing the overcrowding and the poor management that went on. So like, yes. And again, tough question, because how do you balance those? How do you have an algorithm that can tell the difference and promote what is like honest, you know, experiences of what happened versus like conspiracy theories about it? Yeah, it's a tough question, but I'm happy that there are folks like you who are asking those questions and sort of creating those conversations that I think that we need to have. Yeah, we definitely need to be having them because this conspiracy theory environment on TikTok is not sustainable for democracy uh, or just like a healthy environment for a lot of kids to be growing up in. Like they should be challenging the narratives. Absolutely. But I don't think conspiracy theories actually challenge the narratives. They just are kind of, how do I put this? conspiracies don't challenge narratives. They are just dressed up as something that does. That is, I completely agree with you and know what you mean, right? It's like, like with Astroworld, challenging the narrative would be holding the people who had power accountable. It's not, if it's Satan, then like, we're not going to be able to sue Satan. So it just like lets people who let this happen off the hook. But it's dressed up in this way of like, oh, this is like an edgy, y'all aren't ready for this like edgy take. You know what I mean? Like it's like dressed up as if it is challenging a narrative. But in fact, it is creating a convenient supernatural scapegoat so that those who actually had the power to prevent this can continue to like avoid accountability. Absolutely. That was so, that was so well put. You took the words out of my mouth. That was really, you, you nailed it there. Because like, if you subscribe to this idea that it's a satanic ritual, then like that offers zero answers about like what caused it, what were all the bad decisions that led up to this, and then it offers also no solutions for how do we prevent this in the future. The only thing that it tells you to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's it, and like that doesn't fix any problems about concert overcrowding. 
also. And like, this is something that a lot of the times I think we miss when it comes to covering conspiracy theories, but on a much kind of smaller scale, not on the societal scale, but on the smaller scale of like, there are real victims here. Like there are people who died and people who have very severe injuries and a lot of people who are traumatized and all of those people have families. And then when you go around saying it was part of a satanic sacrifice, like how is that going to make them feel? And like, what are the consequences for that? Of Now you have family members who are grieving their loved ones. And if they go look for their loved ones online, they're going to see them incorporated into conspiracy theories about this being some sort of like Hollywood hip hop sacrifice. And even worse, like if they are a religious person and they buy into that themselves, like what would that do to them? So like those are really heartbreaking, very real world effects that these types of conspiracy theories can have on the victims and their families. Yeah. And I, I think that you're exactly right that we don't talk enough about the people who are harmed when we traffic in conspiracy theories and spread them in this way. The people like the actual real world harm that it's causing. Yeah. I mean, there's the ideological harm and the way it's like harming society at large to think this way, because like this, again, solves no problems, offers no solutions, lets people check out. It lets really the organizers and the people who are responsible off the hook in a lot of ways. But then it also causes harm to like real humans who are in the process of like either processing trauma and grieving and trying to understand what happened. And now if they go looking for it, they see satanic ritual. Like That's not fair to them. It's really not. Well, Abby, I'm so happy that you're in this fight. Friend of the show, you know, I, I look to you. Whenever there's a big thing happening that involves conspiracy theories, I always look to your content and it really helps me put it in perspective. So thank you for that. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be able to help. I love your show. Always listening. I love coming on here. Yeah. Where can folks keep up with all the amazing work that you're up to? So my TikTok is Topology and I make a lot of kind of like longer form TikTok videos debunking different conspiracies on there. My Twitter is Abby ASR and my Instagram is Abby ASR. All of them are resources and I hope to, that they can help people. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi? You can reach us at hello at tangodi.com. You can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangodi.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet was created by me, Bridget Todd. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unboss Creative. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our producer and sound engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. If you want to help us grow, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health.
That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.